Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jared Bailey from Laces Out. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. You don't got to pay anything to use Anchor. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of Laces Out. Jared Bailey, Kurt Homicer with you as always. Kurt, it's good to see you, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. We're uh, we're in the month of the draft. The draft is finally yeah. upon us, and uh, we have all the draft talk coming up here. I'm very, very excited for this show. I'll let you do the honors, my friend. Yes, we're being joined by Syracuse defensive back Fatu Melafonwu. Mate, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Doing Living great. Dream, mate. We appreciate so, you coming on the show. I know I know this is a uh, probably a very busy time, you know, now that we're in the month of the draft here, but we're getting there. I mean, it's I'm sure it's been a long journey for you, obviously, you know, probably your whole life leading up to this moment. So, you know, just to kind of kick things off here, tell me how it's been because, you know, it, it, this is the year of COVID, you know, all, all of last year, all of this year, it's still around. You know, it, it's different. Uh, you know, you didn't get the you didn't get the combine. You don't have the face to face meetings. It's not a normal year. Um, but I think, you know, the senior bowl kind of made a big jump for you. That That's where you really proved yourself. You, you came out and said, hey, look at me. Watch out. I'm coming for you. So kind of tell me, run me through just how it's been different this year. Just, you know, everything with the COVID protocols and, and your journey throughout this draft process so far. Yeah. So the way it's been different, there's been no like, you know, team visits or no uh, like private workouts. So the pro day and obviously no combine. So the pro day was definitely like. Uh, really important, and then, and then the Senior Bowl was an added bonus as well. You know, only like select few guys were able to do that, so I feel like um, that was an advantage for me because people saw me get to play, like scouts and folks that actually saw me playing and not just you know testing. It was more mm-hmm. testing, so uh, that was definitely a huge advantage. Now I'm gonna read off to you. So I was assigned defensive backs for the Senior Bowl when I was down there. I'm gonna read off my final analysis on you, <laughs> just so you know I'm not kissing your ass or anything. So I said, Jack of all trades can be put in the box in the slot, put deep. No matter where he's lined up, he's making plays. A lot of versatility and makes an impact no matter where he is on the field. One of my favorite players in this draft. How's that sound for you, Fatu? <laughs> uh, that sounds good. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, so take us through that entire process. Now, I can't remember off the top of my head. Were you on the, the Panthers or Dolphins roster? I was on the Panthers. So how was that in terms of, you know, being able to be coached by Matt Rule, that entire staff? Uh, what insight or, you know, what tips did they give you throughout that entire week? Um, it was definitely just – it was good overall experience, you know, getting um, NFL coaching firsthand, especially, like, before all the other dudes in the, in the draft. Um, it was a good. There were good coaching staff. I like. I like those coaches. I like the DB coach, Coach Simmons, as well. Um, and what they what they really told us is everything's being evaluated. You know, obviously practice, but just the way you carry yourself in the hotel, um, how you are in the meetings. If you're writing stuff down, if you have a pen and paper, you ask questions. So basically, what they told us, like, you know, have fun, but at the same time, everything else is being evaluated. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that mentorship, I mean, you, you've had it because your brother, your brother Obi got drafted uh, back in 2017 in the second round by the Raiders. Yeah. Tell me what you've you've learned from him. Tell me the kind of the advice that he's helped you through this being a second round pick um, and just kind of his advice to, you know, into the league leading up to the draft here and everything that he's told you. Yeah, so the main things he's basically told me is, um, you know, this is like a it's a stressful process right now, but try to do your best to enjoy it because you don't you don't get it back. Um, it's a once in a lifetime thing, um, and, and you know just don't take anything for granted. Once you're in the league, uh, he had some injuries, so he's bounced around, so he knows it firsthand that it could be taken away just like that. So um, once you get in the league, don't take anything for granted at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you had any sort of, you know, extensive, whether it's Zoom meetings or phone calls with any teams in specific since the Senior Bowl? Because obviously in Mobile, for the most part, you know, the majority of teams are going to meet with the majority of guys down there. Is there any that's, you know, been kind of a constant thing for you so far? Um, I feel like I've met with a lot. I've met with a lot of teams. Um, obviously, you know, Senior Bowl, I've met with all of them. But I, I've probably met with almost all of them again. Um, maybe just once or twice, and if I didn't meet with them, I talked to them at my pro day. You know, not a formal meeting, but I talked to them after. So, um, yeah, honestly, I really yeah, probably talked to every team. And then uh, I might have only been a couple of weeks ago here. I saw you, you did an interview with SB Nation, and uh, you mentioned that the 49ers were kind of a team that, that stuck out to you, maybe that you felt your best, your most confident after talking to them. Uh, you know, just kind of give me – why you think that? Why you think the 49ers stuck with you? Maybe what they said, how you fit into their defense and stuff like that. Yeah, the way the reason that stuck out to me because it was my first ever, um, you know, NFL interview. So that's why it was like kind of the most memorable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was I didn't really know what to expect when I was at Senior Bowl, and that was like it just happened to be that was the first station I was assigned because they were just at different stations and you move like after 15 minutes. So that okay. was the first. And so it kind of just stuck out to me. So I, rem- I remember it the most. And obviously, um, they were talking about my brother and how, because my brother signed a futures contract with them. So they knew, obviously knew my brother. So they knew of me already. So that's that's kind of why it, it stuck out to me. What separates you in terms of your, your game from uh, some of the other highly rated corners in this draft? What makes you, you know, what, what do you think makes you, puts, puts you over the top? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm, what puts me over the top is so my my size and my athletic ability. There's a lot of athletic corners in this draft, but um, my size added on to that size and athletic ability. And I just feel like I'm an all-around corner. I played in two different schemes. I played in a, a traditional four-three, and I played in a three-three-five, which has been like a really like a four-two. Um, and I have I, have, I feel like I, I have good man, great man coverage and zone coverage because I've been in both different years I've been asked to do different things um you know play press well and I even play off a lot of corners don't play off because their schools don't ask them to play off press or bail so I make plays in off as well off man um and on top above all else I attack on physical physical tackler who do you th- who do you think you would uh you'd model your game most after you know they're obviously growing up I'm sure you had I'm sure you had your heroes but Guy in the league right now, one guy who you would have to say you play most like. Uh, most like, I don't even know if I could if I could give give a 
comparison like that. I, I, honestly, I like to watch a lot of different guys and try to steal mm-hmm. stuff from them. So I don't know if I can pinpoint like one specific player. Um, you know, I you're, you're your own player then. You're unique. That's fine. We like that too. Exactly. Yeah. What, what guys do you watch a lot of them? Um, Jared Ramsey, definitely uh, Richard Sherman, Marshawn Lattimore. Honestly, really just like the top dudes. And I like, especially I like watching Barry Corners as well. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. I mean, I'm, I was waiting for you to say, uh, say my guy Trey White there, but it's okay. Oh, I'll yeah. let it slide. <laughs> he has a great, great off man. So that's definitely yep. a watch too. Okay. All right. Well, wait. So you're from Boston. So does that mean that you're a Patriots fan growing up? Yeah, yeah. Growing up, I've always been a Patriots fan. Okay. Well, I, I hope you know that if Buffalo drafts you, you can't. You gotta. You gotta put the Bills first. You can't. You can't, oh, can't be yeah. living with the Patriots. Nah, for sure. So, are you gonna be at the draft like physically? You're gonna be at home. What's the uh, What's the plans for the end of April? Nah, I'm. I'm gonna be at home. They, this year, they only they uh, inviting like the top fifteen dudes. So. Oh really? Yeah. So I'm gonna be at. I'm gonna be at home with family. Well, that's always nice then. So I mean, we are. We talked about. Uh, Mobile and Senior Bowl already. How did Syracuse really pre- uh, prepare you for you know this type of situation? You know, take us through. I mean, you mentioned you played in multiple schemes. How does that, you know, maybe translate into what what sets you over the top? It looks like we lost Kurt, but uh, we'll get him back in a minute. Uh, how does that set me up? I feel like it, it sets me up very well because, like I said, I've I've been asked to do different things. You know, 2018 we just pressed, pressed and or bailed, and so I've done that. 2019 is when we started playing a little more off man and, and different zone coverages. And then this year we played, we played man, we played a lot of zero, but we also played a lot of zone and, and cloud, cover two, cover three, cover four. So I've really done, I've really done all, like I've done, done it all, all those coverages. Um, and just Syracuse has prepared me well. I've had, I've had three different uh, corners coaches and they've all, you know, taught me different things that I feel like I improved each year with each one of them. Um, so I think they've, they've done a really good job preparing me for this moment now. Sorry for the delay there, fellas. Jared, we can, we can never have a show without technical difficulties. So uh, I'm, I'm back and doing well. But I hear you talking about hear you talking about Syracuse there. So I want to ask you quick uh, about your, your partner in crime in the secondary there and Andre Sisco coming into this draft as well. Uh, another highly touted prospect. Uh, tell me, tell me about him. Tell me about the way he plays, the way he feeds off of his teammates, you especially in the secondary, and why you think he's going to earn a, a roster spot in the NFL. Yeah, so Cisco, that's my dog, man. That's like one of my closest friends. Um, uh, how he's in the secondary, I'm, he just, he's just you've seen it on tape. He's just a playmaker. Like you know, it's, you go into every game kind of like expecting Cisco to get a pick. That's that's just how it was. Um, but we, we, you know, we always train together in the offseason. Me, me, him, and Trill, and I feel like we all just, we all just push each other. Um, you know, we're very competitive with each other, so we challenge each other. You know, Drake makes a play; it just, it just hypes me up to make a play. Or Trill makes a play, vice versa. Um, and and fall camp, we have competition. See who can get the most picks and everything. So, um, no, I, love, I definitely love playing with. Him. NFL might be passing a rule where, you know, skilled position guys and DBs can wear single digits. Is that something that we're going to see on a Fatimela Fanwo come at the pro level? Yeah, if, if that gets passed, I would definitely like to uh, wear number two. I wore number two in high school. Um, and obviously, I wore number two my last season at Syracuse. So if I, if I could pick, I'll pick number two. 
Okay. And, and another thing, I mean, transferring into the NFL now, we get, we're getting an extra game. And we, we see some guys maybe maybe not too happy about the extra 17th game of the season, but just interested on, on your take on that and how you feel, you know, going from a college level to the pro level and then getting an extra game than what they're used to. Uh, I feel like I really don't have, like, much to say on that. I feel like it would be different if I've already played the 16-game season and then mm. the next year we added a game, so I don't know how it will. It will all be – it all feel like the same to me. 16 or 17 will all feel the same, come back – jump from 12 so it all feel the same for me right okay afatu melafamu defensive back from syracuse mate steeler nation is going to love you if you are taken by the steelers as will i i will very much be happy with that we appreciate your time good luck later this month uh we're we're sure that uh it's going to go well enjoy the time with your family this time thank you i appreciate that thank you have a good one man all right future Future Buffalo Bills quarterback right there. Can't wait for that. Uh, but like I said, sorry for the technical difficulties. Of course, my, my headphones cut out on me. Couldn't hear. It's okay. I'll have to listen back to hear what he said to my, my Patriots uh, response there. But we need to move on here because there's been big, big news. Your Steelers are not getting a new quarterback. But the Carolina Panthers are, and we need to talk about it. You know – I can't have nice things in this world, Kurt. I can't. It seems like every single player, besides Minka Fitzpatrick, that you absolutely call for, never go to your Steelers, and I'm sorry for that. You know, I literally – so that dumb WAP thing that people were doing on Twitter, like, what does WAP stand for? And I put something out about, you know, if the Steelers acquired Sam Darnold and whatnot. Not an hour later, I get a mention in my phone from – I was 49ers Gab. She's a big 49ers person. And she says, pour one out for at J Bailey NFL. Like, what the <laughs> happened? Because I didn't get the notification yet that Darnold had been traded. And then sure enough, I hit you know, the little home button on Twitter and I see the news. And then, uh, you know, April, April 5th, 2021, the day that God died. Because now yep. Sam Darnold will yep. not be in a steel. And you look at what they gave up, a four and a six this year and then a two next year. Not, a little, a little pricey for my blood, but I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take take your take there. Well, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the two next year is um, if Sam Darnold plays 75 percent or more yes. of snaps. I feel like yes. I, I believe it's a conditional pick. Yes. So, regardless, though, I mean, you got he's he's younger than Joe Burrow is. Sam Darnold is a baby in this league. He is. He is. And look at what he's had around him his entire career being coached by Adam Gase, notoriously now regarded as one of the worst coaches in the history of this great league. The skill position guys weren't there. I mean, he had Robbie Anderson for that one year or the two years or whatever it was. But um, look, Chris Herndon was being used as a blocking tight end rather than doing what he does, which is catch passes. They would rather hand the ball out to Frank Gore and Michael P. Ryan than sign a real running back. His offensive line was abysmal. He got Mekhi Becton last year. That's great. Everybody else was horrid. Defensively, they traded everybody that wasn't named Quinnen Williams away and let go of a lot of other guys. Avery Williamson was gone last year. Jamal Adams, of course, was traded away last year. So they were dealing with a lot of stuff, and he had no help. Mm-hmm. And you look at uh, 2019, you know, if Sam Darnold doesn't catch mono in the first month of the season, remember, the Jets went 7-6 and six with him as a starting quarterback. So let's say that Sam Darnold doesn't get mono and they're not stuck with Trevor Simeon playing 
there's a solid chance that the Jets make a run at the wild card spot. I'm not saying that they would get it, but they would at least be playing meaningful football in week 16 and 17. So let's stop trying to dis to 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 knock Sam Darnold down a peg every chance we get because he's never really had a fair shot in this league thus far. Now he goes to a system with Joe Brady, very good quarterback expert. Remember uh, what he did with with Joe Burrow at, at LSU before coming over to Carolina. Matt Rule, who seems to be you know putting this rebuild together very well. Carolina may have been what five and eleven last year, but they were competitive in almost every game that they were in. They almost beat Kansas City. Uh, they went in a shootout with the Raiders in Week One. So you know if those two go a little bit differently, we're sitting here. Okay, Carolina was you know nearly a playoff team if those if those games go a little bit differently. So. I think that, you know, the fact that now he's going to have Christian McCaffrey, they still have a need at left tackle, but their offensive line is decent. It's not great, but it's not horrible. Defensively, they're a young team that does need to get, you know, a little bit more experience. Um, but you look at what they already have as well. Um, why is this, uh, Brian Burns off the edge from Florida State? A very good young pass rusher. So um, I like what Carolina's doing. I think that Sam Darnold is going to prove the world wrong this year and stick up two middle fingers to the league and tell him to suck on one and sit on the other one. So, um, <laughs> That's what I'm looking forward to uh, this year from Sam Donald, because if there's anybody who I want to see just redeem themselves and show that in the right situation they can succeed, it would be Sam Donald. I, it's, it's tough because from what we've seen from him, it, is not, it has not been pretty. Um, it really has not. Yes, you can point to the fact that he really had no help around him. Is he going to have a ton of help in Carolina? Not a ton. I mean, Robbie Anderson's an, a not a ton. Yeah. Uh, if Moore if Curtis well. if Curtis Samuel is still there, that'd be nice. But DJ Moore is a decent piece. I mean, they signed Dan Arnold. I, I don't think he's going to be lighting the world on fire like like you're hoping he is. Uh, but no, th- this was a good move for both teams. I just I don't know. It it seems like. To me, that Carolina gave up maybe just a little bit too much. I didn't think that the Jets could be to, could get three draft picks for him. Good for them that they did. I'm glad that Sam Darnold's out of that dumpster fire of an organization. The way that they draft, the way that they handle their players infuriates me. I mean, I, you look back at their first round picks; they're all they're wiped out, wiped clean. I mean, it's besides Mackay Becton, they they screwed over every other draft pick that they have. So I'm glad that Sam Sam Darnold is out of there. And now they can actually restart. They got their head coach. They're going to restart. They're going to bring in some nice guys. They got the number two overall pick. Mm-hmm. In Carolina, it was either you, you take a risk on a guy like Trey, Trey Lance, a very, very raw prospect, or you take a slightly less chance with a guy like Sam Darnold, who you know, hasn't had a great track record yet, but he's got the talent. I mean, we saw it in, in college. The, the talent just doesn't evaporate. evaporate. With the with the right pieces around him, I think he could be okay. Carolina is going to be one of those teams. I think that just their defense carries them. I mean, we saw them go crazy heavy on defense last year in the draft, and I think we see the opposite this year. I think we see them go crazy heavy on offense. And I'm glad that you brought up the Trey Lance thing because I feel like them trading for Sam Darnold says a lot about what we can expect in the draft because. They would have loved to trade up to take a quarterback, mm-hmm. I would assume. They would have loved nothing more than the, to get into that four spot and take yep. whether it's Justin Fields or Trey Lance, whoever's left. But you look who's sitting in that four spot. It's the Atlanta Falcons. Not no, way, no way that a division rival is going to be trading uh, a high draft pick to another division rival. So they were kind of, they were kind of left 
and, and a submission hold, if you will. So um, I think that says, all right, you know, we know that the guy that we want isn't going to be there when we pick at eight. So if that was Trey Lance, if that was Justin Fields, uh, which I still think he's going to be a San Francisco 49er. Um, not, not Mac Jones. That, that's no, a talk, that's a talk for another day. <laughs> so I think that they knew, all right, we're not going to be able to move up, at least not to where it's going to do us any good. Because I, I think Atlanta is going to trade out of that four spot, and it's going to yeah. be with a team who's going to take a quarterback. So right there, that's four quarterbacks gone and the first four picks, that the first time that's ever happened in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. So they know that they would be left with what's left over uh, from this quarterback class, and that would be one McCorkle Jones out yeah. of Alabama. So yeah. I think that they knew that, and they you know, were kind of left between a rock and a hard place, had to make a move to get a quarterback for the future. Sam Darnold is a guy who is still 23. Kurt, he is literally a year older than you and I. <laughs> this is true. Sam Darnold this is, is a baby. This is so, true. I'm not, that- I'm not I'm not giving up on him because honestly when the Jets drafted him I was a little scared. I thought that he would be, you know, the next owner of the AFC East and that did not happen. Um but he could I think he can be okay. I think it might take a few years. Um so down the road, you know, I think the Panthers I don't know if they did yet or I said I think they they're planning on picking up his fifth year option. They did. Um, okay, so I mean obviously they would they wouldn't have traded for him. It's a good move. It's a good move for both teams. Um, this just makes the first round that much more interesting because now what does Carolina do? Do they go wide receiver to help out Sam Darnold? I think they should. Or do they just really want to help Sam Darnold out and give him protection, give him an offensive line? I, there's no way they go defense. I really don't think they can unless they love, love, love maybe one of these corners or something. But Number eight, you're sitting there. You could, you're most likely going to get the second best wide receiver in this draft. Miami will probably go wide receiver. Pitts, depending on you know what what Atlanta does, if Atlanta stays there, maybe goes with Pitts. We don't know, but Carolina is in a really good spot, and Carolina is in a good spot going forward here. Their rebuild might, might have seemed long for for Panthers fans, but they turned it around decently fast. I mean, they're they're building the right way they got a great head coach now they got a young quarterback that they can hopefully build and help out with the power of jordan palmer and, and josh allen in the offseason yeah. we know they're best friends mm-hmm. I, I think i think carolina down the road here maybe once we see tampa bay take a step back and tom brady retires maybe that's when we see the carolina panthers stepping up well even then i mean you look at this division it's not very defensively oriented outside of tampa bay now i know the saints defense was pretty was very good last year but I think the Saints are going to take a big step back. Yep. I don't think Jameis Winston's leading them anywhere, or Taysom Hill. Whoever Taysom the Hill. Decided, uh, Christ. Whoever the, whoever's lined up under center isn't going to take them past seven or eight wins. Uh, Atlanta, I think their their defense is still horrid. Atlanta's uh, an interesting team, though, because uh, let's say they stick at four and let's say they draft Kyle Pitts. That offense is scary. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan, who I still think is okay. Who I, I mean, he's an MVP quarterback. He has all the weapons around him. You put in Kyle Pitts there, they're going to be putting up a lot of points. just depends on if their defense can And their defense is going to allow a lot of points if they don't go defense in the first round, which I think that that would be the goal. Um, If they trade back, not at four. If if they absolutely love Kyle Pitts, you can't draft it. If they stay at four, then, yeah, I think Pitts will be the pick. I just don't think they're going to stay at four. I think a team like Denver could move up 
and get one of these quarterbacks. We'd have to ask our friend Benjamin Albright what he thinks about that um, as well. So I just think that I, I do think that Carolina goes receiver unless God forbid somehow Kyle Pitts falls into their into their lap. Okay. I don't think I don't no, I don't think he's getting to eight either, but we've seen guys fall. You know, we've, we saw Derwin James, who was supposed to be, you know, a top 10 pick, slide all the way to the Chargers a few years ago. But um, I, I, when was the last time that you've seen the hype around an offensive weapon? I don't, I don't remember. I mean, there was a lot of hype around DK Metcalf, but not in a, a top five sense. Right. I mean, Kyle Pitts has generational talent written all over him. Teams are drooling at the mouth to get their hands on him. I, I just... I'd find out very hard to believe if he slips past even five. If he's sitting there at Miami, Miami might even yeah, take him. Mike Kosicki, but come on. I mean, you, that's a huge upgrade. And you can well, even run both of them at the same time. You can run two tight end formation. Yeah, you could do a lot with Kyle Pitts. I don't think he would just be a tight end in any no, offense. He's no. going to be lined up in the slot. He'll be put, especially in the red zone, I think they wouldn't mind putting him on the outside as right. well. So, I mean, they're going to do, whoever takes him, they're going to do a lot with him. He's just not going to be lined up with his hand in the dirt every down. So, <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think Detroit's going to go receiver right before Carolina. So if they you, take, think, you think they're going receiver, I mean, they lost out I on think, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I mean, who, who are they going to throw to right now? They, they don't have Marvin Jones. They don't have Kenny Galladay. Who are they going to throw to? I couldn't tell you who's next on their roster. Is Quentin it Danny Cephas. Amendola? Is he still there? Quentin Cephas. Yeah, exactly. So you don't trade for Jared Goff for, for him to, be, to have a number one receiver as Quentin, Quintus Cephas. But, so, I mean, the, the thing is for, for Detroit – it seems I'm torn because it seems like the wide receiver is the sexy pick. That's like, Ooh, look at this flashy wide receiver we got. But at the same time, they need one. They just, they just need a wide receiver. Or do you just go, I mean, you drafted Jeff Okuda last year. Didn't really pan out yet. I mean, I'd say it was only one year. Didn't really have a whole defense around him. Do you go with a guy like Micah Parsons? I think he's a great, a perfect match for that team. I mean, they need that quarterback of the defense. Yeah. If Micah Parsons would have played last year, if we would have had a normal year, I think he would have been a top five pick. Um, it seems, you know, Detroit's just always been in that purgatory sort of area where they're not terrible enough to, to tank and get the number one pick, but they're not good enough to make a wild card. Mm. Just go with a safe bet. I don't know. I don't want to call a wide receiver a reach for them, but I don't know if it's a dire need for them. I think they need defense bad. No, yeah, no, I I agree with you. And the fact that, you know, this is a solid receiver class, they could always get one in round two. So I get mm -hmm. what you're saying. And on top of that, you look at the past few receiver classes where all these highly touted guys, I mean, Corey Davis went third overall, and now he's on a new team. That yep. hasn't really panned out. Now, he showed very good flashes as a good deep threat number two last year, but not nearly to the effect. He hasn't lived up to being a third overall right. pick in this league. So. <laughs> I, I'm just thinking on the fly here, so I could be completely missing a huge name. When was the last time that we saw a, a high-drafted, I'm talking top 10 wide receiver pan out? Was it Julio? Julio or Megatron? Yeah. I Nothing. I mean, the only name that pops in my head is Sammy Watkins because I just have nightmares right. about it. But it's it's rare. I mean, it's rare for for skill positions, for, for weapons, to really, you know, if they're stars in college, to really pan out and be a superstar in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, that's why there's the whole debate for, for Bills fans. Do they go running back in the first round? I don't think they should because running back is tough. Running back, you know, you can draft a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, 
yeah, he's he's had some ugly years, but I mean, when he first got drafted, he was an absolute star. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough. Um, or do you just go with the safe bet, like an offensive lineman or a, a defensive back or a linebacker? I mean, they seem like they pan out maybe not more than a skill position does, but it, it seems like it's more of a surefire thing. Um, but then again, I mean, most of the time, none of these draft picks t- pan out. It's it's very rare for a high draft pick to become a superstar in this league. And even last year, I mean, you look at, all right, Henry Ruggs goes as the first receiver. He had a few big plays other than that, nothing to write home about. Jerry Judy, um, he had, he had a solid year. I had over 50 catches and a, and a few touchdowns and mm-hmm. had to deal with bad quarterback play throughout the year when Drew Locke was hurt. And even then, you know, they couldn't really find that chemistry because Drew Locke was hurt for most of right. the year. And then, um, CD lamb, same thing with him. I mean, it was a matter of, all right, you know, Dak's not in. We're going to have, have a few different quarterbacks. So I think for those two, it's still yet to be seen. But when uh-huh. Justin Jefferson has the year that he had, I think that could have people start raising eyebrows and saying, all right, we don't necessarily need to go receiver with the seventh overall pick because you look at, and then you mentioned the DK Metcalf class. You look at the guys in that class, Terry McLaurin wasn't a first round pick. DK wasn't a first mm-hmm. round pick. Deontay Johnson wasn't a first round pick. So there are so many different guys that go in these mid rounds that mm-hmm. end up that end up panning out so much better than the guys who go early. Now I know right. AJ Brown, I believe he went in the first round. Am I correct on that? If you're yes, late he first round. Yep. So yeah, you're going to have rare guys like that, but even then, he wasn't an early first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And the la- like you said, the last the last few guys that went early first round, I mean, Julio went early, A.J. Mm-hmm. Green went early. AJ Outside Green, yeah. of those two in the past decade or so, most of these receivers that go early, they're okay. I mean, they're not terrible, mm-hmm. but they're definitely not superstars like right. we expect them to be. So I think that, it, it's going to start that, becoming a more buyer-beware type thing. That's why you got to be careful. I mean – you know, you, you look at Kyle Pitts and it's like, oh, my God, this guy was created in a lab. Oh, he's going to be a, a superstar in this league. You get that little voice in the back of your head that says, hey, remember those guys? Remember remember these players, the the, the high-drafted wide receivers and, and tight ends that were supposed to be the next superstar, the next Megatron? Right. It didn't pan out. I mean, it's – it's a Megatron comes around once every 30 years. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not – you know, every draft that rolls around, it, it seems like these guys are, are the second coming, and it's just not it. I mean, the the draft is very, very hard to find superstars. It, it really is, and a lot of these guys don't pan out. That's that's the the harsh truth. It is, and now we'll see what happens in terms of you know that seven and eight. Cause that's going to be interesting because we could mm-hmm. see two receivers go back to back, but and then and then you- Philly and then Philly's going to be sitting there just. Hands hands on their head. What did we do? I mean, they were in a great position. They were there they, at six. They could have very, very well if they stayed at six. Kyle Pitts very well could have been he there. Could've, he could have. He could have. And it's you know, it's it's tough to tell because who knows? Maybe next year they get a generational talent. But you know, when you desperately, desperately need offensive weapons, yes, Philadelphia needs a lot more than just the wide receiver. They really need some wide receivers. They really need some help for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is not a guy that's going to be able to do it all himself. But I don't know. Maybe they maybe they traded back to twelve to to draft Mac Jones. We'll see. <laughs> Mac Jones. Mac, Mac Jones, Jones has been the center point of my. I'm going to say hatred because I don't you, hate Mac Jones. I don't know Mac Jones, but I'm so tired of. You just can't. You cannot convince me. I don't. You can. You can talk to me for hours. You can't convince me that the 49ers gave up that that 
the healthy amount of assets to draft Mac Jones. He he's not. I, I hear people saying he's the safe pick. He's the safe pick. He's going to be a good starter. There are no safe picks. We literally no. just talked about that. We talked about that. That any guys that produce in college, there is nothing, no guarantee that they produce in in, in uh, the NFL. And nope. even it might be even more for quarterbacks. I mean, the quarterback transition from college to the NFL is extraordinary. I mean, they have so many new things they have to learn. So many new. You know, these guys are pros. These guys are the best of the best. They are in the NFL for a reason. Mac Jones is not the safe pick. He he, he might be a, a good player that he could be a player that plays for for twelve years. That's just average and bounces the team to team. I could absolutely see that happen. But if you consider that a safe pick, I wouldn't waste a first round pick on that. And I would be very excited for my own selfish reasons. If that does end up being the pick, I would be very excited to uh, do the other show I do with Jason Aponte two skinny dudes the next day. Being that he's a, a big 49ers guy. That would be, <laughs> he's, he's, would a big, be he's a big Justin Fields guy, isn't he? He, everybody that I know in 49ers media yeah. is a big Justin Fields guy right now. So um, I think that's kind of where I've hopped on the train um, because, you know, I, I talked to a lot of them and, you know, I've, I've come around to the idea, not to mention the fact that Sage Rosenfeld's, you know, a guy who's worked with Kyle Shanahan at quarterback mm-hmm. collective come out, coming out and saying there is absolutely no way that Mac Jones is the pick and a guy who's worked with Kyle Shanahan at this camp where Justin Fields attended all the pieces are there to be connected and I feel like we're in this situation right now that we're in every year where mm-hmm. all right there's not too much to talk about right now post free smoke screens so we got to talk we got to put something up and talk about it and let's yep. push this narrative for a while that Mac Jones could be the pick and I saw somebody tweet that on NFL Live. They said, all right, well, the first three picks are pretty much done. Cons- saying that Mac Jones is pretty much going to be the pick at three. I, just I, completely I, I, rolling. I think, like, what are we doing? I think, I could be wrong, but I think I saw Adam Schefter tweet out that Mac Jones Maybe, yeah. is, is the, the third overall pick. And, I mean, you, you got to trust Schefter, but at the same time, when it comes to this, I don't know if I can. I mean, it just it seems very, very hard to believe that the 49ers would trade up all of that when you could go with a guy like Mac Jones or you could go with a guy, maybe you, you, you do, you, do you want to take a risk on a Trey Lance who could blow up and be a, a great player? Do you want to take a chance and get a dynamic player like Justin Fields? I like Justin Fields. I like him a lot. A lot of people don't seem to really like him. They, they think that he's kind of just, you know, an average player, just that every, every, Every year we see that we see that uh, mobile quarterback that's got a good arm. I think he's more than that. I like Justin Fields a lot. I mean, with the NFL that we're in right now, you need a guy that can be do multiple things, not just stand in the pocket, not just throw deep bombs. You need a guy that can run. You need a guy that can hit the, the short balls, the deep balls. He can do it all. Um, I mean, I, he's not perfect. No prof, no prospect is perfect, but right. put him in with that 49ers team. The 49ers team are, is, is a quick team. You know, a lot of their wide receivers are, are fast guys. He seems like the perfect fit for them. I, he I would fit so well yes. into what Kyle Shanahan wants to do. With and, with that run game that they have. Yes. I mean, they could do something similar to what Baltimore does, you know, rely on the run game. We saw them pretty much make it to a Super Bowl relying on the run game. I mean, obviously, Justin Fields, I think, is, a, is an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not he's not the runner that Lamar Jackson is, but he's got a better arm than Lamar does. So it, it would be interesting. I would like that a lot. I, I that'd be a fun, fun little uh match made in heaven there. 
I think that, you know, you brought up Trey Lance. I, it does worry me just because, you know, he didn't play last year. Mm -hmm. And if you are a team that takes him and you want to sit him for a year, then he's going to go two years without live game action barring yes. an injury or anything like that. That's the only thing about him that worries me. Everything mm -hmm. that I've seen um, from from film from him and doing uh, a few different film sessions on him, he is Lamar Jackson with a, a, a better arm. And he runs like Josh Allen. And I think you would very much enjoy him. I mean, he just loves oh, plowing do. into people. And yes. it's, it's so fun to watch him him when he's on the run. I so, do. I do wish he played last year because he would have been, he would have been turning some heads because he is. Well, the only thing with that is that you know the FCS is playing right now. North Dakota right, State is playing right. right now, so that's the one thing that yep. kind of got screwed up in all of this. They did do that one-off exhibition type game mm -hmm. uh, back, and I think it was October that they did that just to get a little bit more tape on him and whatnot. But now, if we see a team like Denver trade up, I think that could be a good fit for. Numerous reasons, but think about this. They go into training camp with Drew Locke and Trey Lance, quarterback competition, just going at it, a bloodbath out there on the field. Whoever wins it is the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Trey Lance goes in there. He's got a plethora of weapons around him, a good, good tight end, a good wide receiver, a decent offensive line that needs, needs some holes fixed, but and a good defense. I mean – he comes in, he's got really no excuses besides he's just been out for a year and he's still young, but he's got everything he needs. I think Denver and then what you do with Drew Locke, I don't know, maybe you hold on to him, maybe you just keep him just in case. Denver seems like an interesting team to me if they decided to trade up, but maybe they love somebody at nine and they don't want to move. The best thing for Trey Lance is the fact that we'll have preseason this year and we'll be able to see it. Yes. So that helps his case so much compared to last year where we didn't mm -hmm. have preseason for the obvious reasons. Um, so in terms of what I just said, not having you know the live game action, that'll help some. Mm -hmm. um, but no, if, if Trey Lance wins this thing, if he is a Denver Bronco, I don't see them hold... I just don't see why they would hold on to Drew Lockett. Only because, you know, you drafted the guy for a reason because... You, you didn't believe in Drew Locke to begin with. That's going to kill mm -hmm. his confidence right away. So you might as yep. well just trade him somewhere, trade him to Pittsburgh. Maybe I wouldn't be. I would not be opposed well, to that. Hey, we we got to talk about this after the Carolina Panthers are probably going to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. They said that they'd like to if they can find the right mm -hmm. right partner. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that's another name. That's another quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater. He's just been a journeyman. I mean, he's been around, but everywhere that he goes, he seems like he does okay. I mean, he he. He, he stepped in for Drew Brees and won a ton of games for the Saints. He was, you know, with when he was with Minnesota when he was a rookie, he was, you know, a rookie, but he was still producing. He did okay with Carolina. I don't know. They're, we've talked about which teams need quarterbacks this entire offseason here, but it's just another name to throw into the pit and have teams just go at it like dogs. You know, the fan in me, like – the thing with Teddy Bridgewater, let's say he does end up in Pittsburgh, he starts next year. That could be problematic for a few reasons for the Steelers. One, you're going to win. You'll win nine to ten games. And then if you make the playoffs, you'll be a one and done more than likely. Where does that leave you? That leaves you in no man's land with the 18th or 19th pick, not being able to get a quarterback. As a fan, I'd almost rather them just start Mason Rudolph and suck. <laughs> but the defense is too good for them to suck. So, and Mike Tomlin won't let that happen. Oh, Mike, no, no, no. That's the thing. There's no such thing as a team. Uh, okay. Organizations tank, teams don't. Yes. So, and 
the Steelers are a team that will never, as an organization, purposely put a an inferior product on the field to plan for the draft. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's why I've been so keen on you got to make a move for a guy because you're never going to be in a position in the near future to take one of these higher tiered quarterbacks. Yeah. And if you want to continue, if you would rather reload than rebuild, then you got to make a move. Now, I do have a theory. Hear me out. <laughs> Let's hear it. So, the Green Bay Packers wanted Aaron Rodgers to take a step back this past year. I've already, I've already heard enough of this. I'm going to say it again. And um, he left a little hint of that in terms of a little breadcrumb trails when he went on McAfee saying, you know, he kind of threw a wrench into some people's plans, a.k.a. the front office of Green Bay, when they drafted Jordan Love, expecting, okay, Aaron might start declining a little bit, then we can move on to Jordan Love. Well, that didn't happen, did it? Because Aaron Rodgers just had arguably the best year of his career and won the MVP. Let's say that we don't see a little bit more friction between Rodgers and Green Bay throughout the year going into the offseason. He wants out of there. He wants to be on a team that can win now. Enter the Pittsburgh Steelers with a lot more cap space, a defense ready to win now, and a lot of offensive weapons. Why not just go there for a year or two, try to win a bowl, Aaron Rodgers? Come home, Pittsburgh Steelers, Aaron Rodgers 2022. What do you think? If Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere... It's behind the booth in jeopardy. He, he's not playing for another team other than the Green Bay Packers. I, I, I just we've seen it. We saw it with Brady. We see it exactly. With I mean, it's it's a thing. I don't know. He just doesn't seem unless he just wants to go somewhere else to to give the middle finger to the pits or to the Green Bay Packers, maybe. But I don't know. I mean, the Packers are just so close. You're so close to winning a Super Bowl. Even if even if you don't love Aaron Rodgers, if if you're the head coach, if you're the GM, if you don't love Aaron Rodgers, you would love a nice ring on your finger. Just go for it. I mean, Aaron's got what two years left. I don't something like that. We'll see. Um, I think he's got longer than that left in the tank. I think you think he's going to play longer than that. It just I do. Aaron Rodgers just see, doesn't seem like a guy that's that's going to be like a Brady. That's going to say, I just want to keep playing. I just want to keep winning. I think he's kind of. I don't want to say he's burnt out because he just won the MVP, but I, I, <laughs> I think it. I think it weighs on him a little bit that I get so close. My organization doesn't want to help me. What do I do? And yeah. I, I don't know, maybe he just leaves and goes to Jeopardy. We'll see. No, I. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hold on to this because yeah. it's right. something to be hopeful about. Like I said, every every player that you call for doesn't end up in Pittsburgh unless it's Minka Fitzpatrick. Man, I cannot tell you. You know, I'm still living off that high. Let, let, let me run through. I think it was J.J. Uh, J.K. Dobbins. It was J.J. J.J. Dobbins, Watt. Yeah. It was okay. The J.J. Watt thing. I was very clear saying I would much rather have Bud Dupree if they have the money to get J.J. Watt than you have the money to keep Bud Dupree. I this, this now, if for some reason he took a discount to play with his brothers after Dupree left, fine. Mm-hmm. But I no. I don't know. I, I can't remember any other names. I just remember J.K. Dobbins and J.J. Sam Watt. Arnold. <laughs> Sam, yeah, well, yeah, obviously we just talked about that, but I don't know. I'm holding hey. on to the fact that I'm holding on to the hope that the Packers just piss off Aaron Rodgers a little too much and he's finally had enough. Let's say that they get close again and this just we almost like a replay of 2020 where they get close and then horrible coaching decisions happen and he's just i'm i'm not gonna win again here send me somewhere where i can win is it weird that i think 
seeing Aaron Rodgers in a different uniform would be a lot stranger to me than seeing Tom Brady in a different uniform. I don't know why. It just seems like when I think of Aaron Rodgers, I can't imagine any other team. I mean, there was always the thing of I, – I, there was like two other times where it was like, oh, Tom Brady might leave. They, they might not resign him. I don't know. It just seems weird to me, and I don't, I don't want it to happen. But for I, your sake, for your sake, I, I want it to happen to Pittsburgh, I guess. And here's the thing: I'm pretty sure he couldn't wear 12 because of Bradshaw, so we could get a callback to the old California eight. Hmm. Okay. A bit of a yeah. yeah, throw back a little bit. Maybe you know what? Maybe he doesn't want to go there because he can't wear 12. There you go. If he doesn't go there, blame it on that. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm so. I'm holding on to this very much because it makes a lot of sense. You can't tell me it doesn't make sense. It does to an extent, to an extent. But again, here we are rambling on about something that probably won't happen because we have nothing else to talk about because the draft isn't for 22 days. And there's your dog right here. There is my over. dog. Yes. He's just, <laughs> he's just chilling out. I want to say hi, but 22 days until the draft, my friend, 22 days until the first name is called in Cleveland, Ohio, maybe we'll be there. We'll see. I mean, I would very much like to go there. I'm very, I'm like 80, 20 on going at this point. So I'm still waiting to hear back about possibly working the draft. Right. Um, we'll see about that, but we got plenty more draft talk coming. Uh, even this Friday, this Friday, we might, we might dedicate the show to just draft talk. Unless something happens, another Sam Darnold type of trade happens. Friday might be dedicated to a draft only episode. That is fine with me. Yes, this Friday we will have uh, Minnesota defensive back, very defensive back heavy with our draft talk as well. Sure. Minnesota defensive back Benjamin, Benjamin St. Juice will be joining us. Um, so that'll be a lot of fun. Be sure to tune in for that, whether it's here on Twitter or on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, or even if you're not, head over to YouTube and uh, subscribe to the Laces Out podcast. Uh, give us a subscribe and turn on our notifications because it helps us out a lot. And it's a brand yeah, new channel. So uh yeah, go go over and subscribe to the Laces Out podcast on YouTube. You can check out our interviews with Ike Taylor and Isaiah McKenzie over there as well. Um, those are both posted right now. So if you want to see that, head over and uh, watch those and subscribe while you're there. But yeah, my friend, it's uh, we got three weeks till till the draft, and it's it's, it's an exciting time. Um, so in the next few weeks, maybe we'll do you know a, a back and forth complete round one mock draft before. Yes. I had I had a mock pretty much all set, and then of course all the trades happen, and then I just haven't updated it since. So I'm sure there will probably be more trades, but you know that's okay. We're uh, we love the trades; gives us something to talk about here. So thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we appreciate all the support as always. I am actually as soon as we hang up here on my way to the Ryan Takes podcast. So uh, look look out on Twitter; I'll be I'll be live again in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Yes, Kurt's got a busy night ahead of him. But, yes, thank you for tuning in as always. You can follow Kurt Homiser on Twitter at? At Kurt, K-U-R-T, Homiser, H-A-U-M-E-S-S-E-R-88. Just hit 4,000 followers. So thank you. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate all the love and support. All right, you can follow me. You see it down there, at NFL. Um, again, tune in this Friday. We'll be joined by Minnesota defensive back Benjamin St. Juice. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, this is Laces Out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.